This is Neil Smith, and you are listening to Fulham Focus Podcast. Hello, yes, I'm afraid it's the second defeat for Fulham in the space of a week as we lost at Craven Cottage for the first time this season on Saturday afternoon. It wasn't for the want to try him, but despite all of our attacking pressure, a very good brace from Ovi Ajaria proved to be too much for the Whites and we dropped to second in the Championship table after eight games. I've got focus veteran Matt Dom and summer signing Dylan Chavas with me to go back over the game. My name is Matt Boisclair. And this is your Fulham Focus Podcast. Fulham. Well, before we start, everyone at Fulham Focus would like to extend our collective condolences to the friends and family of England legend Jimmy Greaves, who sadly passed away on Sunday at the age of 81. His 44 goals in 57 games for England is an unbelievable return. And whilst I'm too young to have seen him play, I was of a generation that used to love watching Saint and Greavesy on a Saturday lunchtime many years ago now. Rest in peace to a true England legend and a legend of the game. All right, lads, let's go back over this game then. Wish we didn't have to in so many ways. It's a three-game week. We've lost two of those games, either side of hammering Birmingham away, so I'm not really sure what we've learned from this at all. Dom, give me your thoughts about the past week and the most recent result, our first home defeat of the season. Yeah, three, three very different games. I mean, I thought against... Obviously, against Blackpool, we were we were pretty terrible. Um, they did exactly what was needed, and we we couldn't really break them down. Um, Birmingham just took our chances, got loads of chances, blew them away. Really, uh, in what I suppose in balance was fairly even. Um, and then, <laughs> what can we say about yesterday? I mean, on another day, that's four two five two, isn't it? I mean. It, it's difficult. We've we've come away from that. Reading have done what they needed to do. Obviously, um, they've had two good chances really and taken them. Um, hit us on the break. We've huffed and puffed. We've created a lot, but missing those chances that we did, we. It's funny for a game that we we should have probably won four five two. We deserve to lose it in the end, really, just because we did, we didn't take our chances. So, yeah, it's difficult. Um, I hope we don't start getting into a habit of conceding and and then losing the game um but early days obviously um the performance was still on another day we win that so i think there's not not too much to be concerned about just yet yeah by all accounts from what i've heard they actually make the game but i've heard it was a lot better than the blackpool performance and there was some promise in the um attacking intent of the team because obviously i went to the birmingham game midweek and we just we just looked like we had them on strings the entire 90 minutes so as long as the signs are there, I reckon we'll still be in and around the promotion mix. We should be comfortably throughout the season, but it's just frustrating to be losing games like these, especially doubly so off the back of a performance like Wednesday's. And the Blackpool, as for the Blackpool game, um, the defending for their goal looked a bit shoddy. But I guess those are the sort of things that are ironed out over time under a good manager. And they do happen. It is just part of football. But hopefully we can go and get a result against Leeds on Tuesday and then Bristol City away next weekend. Just looking at the league table from last season in the Championship, Norwich ended up with 97 points and they lost seven times. Watford, 91 points. They lost nine times. And Brentford, who finished third, obviously went up by the playoffs. They lost seven games and ended up on 87 points. So Norwich ended up losing seven, but still got promoted by by 10 points. So there's, there's still plenty of room, but 
it is frustrating because uh, I don't feel like we should have lost the game to Reading. We created enough chances, as you said, Dom. We, we should have won that quite comfortably. And I'm sure Reading fans would say that as well. And if it wasn't for the absolute brilliance of, of um, Azaria, then then they, they, they wouldn't have won that game. And then Blackpool was kind of a one-off as well. It feels like a one-off. But then if these games start mounting up, then you can't you can't call them one-offs. So I don't know. It's it's bloody frustrating. And as I, as I said in the preview, this was a big game for me because I live in Reading and I got the train up and had to come back with a load of Reading fans on the train singing URs and all that sort of stuff, which which really pissed me off. Um, it's it's just a crap day all round. Um, let, let's come on to the, the starting eleven really quickly then. So Joe Bryan and Harrison Reed both missed out because they were both injured. I think. Although if you look on Instagram, Joe Bryan was filling his face with birthday cake on Friday. Uh, Anthony Robinson came in for Joe Bryan at left back. Bobby Reed played as our attacking midfielder in front of Seri and Chalaba. Boys, what were your thoughts on the starting eleven? Uh, I think after Birmingham, obviously the implications of the Reed and Bryan injury injuries, it was probably about as good as we could have put out. Maybe I'd have liked to have seen Muniz given more of a chance, given that he scored on his home debut. Um, I thought Chalaba was really, really good on Wednesday. Uh, so he obviously deserved to come straight back into the midfield. Um, obviously, a shame we didn't have Reed, but Seri's been amazing this season so far. Sort of a comeback hero for the squad. Uh, Bobby Reed, very, very versatile. I'm not sure the number 10 it should be his uh, position, though. He's, he doesn't look as natural there as he does on the wing. But uh, other than that, I couldn't really have any complaints with the starting eleven. I don't think. Based on what we've seen so far this season, yeah, I mean, pretty much that. I'm, I'm, I keep being surprised that Tim Ream starts every game. Like I said at the end of the the Birmingham pod, I thought you know three games in a week for a 34 year old is is pushing it a bit. And um, I, I thought it personally he had probably his worst game for us for this, of the season against against Reading. Don't know whether that's to do with him being tired or not, but that second goal, he's 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 done really badly there to give the ball away, isn't he? Um so I, I think I think Mawson is a more than capable replacement if he's fit. Um so we maybe need to use a bit more of the a few more of the players in in defence. Robinson, I thought he I thought he played well. I thought it was one of his good games this season. Um certainly should have had an assist or two because um you know just poor finishing really stopped that happening. Um Bobby Reed is a funny one, isn't he? Because I I always think number ten is exactly where he should be playing because off the off the striker, there's movement, you know, drifting left and right. He he does that really well. But then whenever whenever he plays there, <laughs> he 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 puts in performances like that. Looking back, he he was actually he did everything apart from finish it. And you know, it's easy simple to say that, isn't it? Because it, it's all about putting the ball in the net. But thinking back, I don't think he played that badly. Um, yeah. He, yeah, I think maybe use a bit more of the squad sometimes, or players who play who keep keep playing every week. And um, I wouldn't even be against Muniz occasionally starting over Mitro because he looks to me like the perfect replacement. Really, he, he's he's Mitrovic, isn't he? Just younger, from what I could tell <laughs> um, on on Saturday. So, yeah, no no complaints really. Now, we posted a tweet uh, from the Fulham Focus Twitter account earlier on this morning uh, at Fulham underscore Focus, for those of you who don't follow us, asking what our best 
midfield three is this uh, this season or out of the squad that we've got. We've used five combinations already so far. Against Middlesbrough, we used Onoma, Francois and Carvalho. And then for the next four games, we used Onoma, Seri and Carvalho. All four of those games against Huddersfield, Millwall, Hull and Stoke, we won. Um, then obviously we had to change it because Carvalho was injured against Blackpool, where we played Onoma, Seri and Keener. Then it was Seri, Reed and Chalaber against Birmingham. And then finally against Reading, Seri, Chalaber and Reed. Um, the responses to, to that tweet were, were quite mixed. There were some all sorts of different opinions. Andrew FFC says that it depends who we're playing. If we're up against an attacking side comfortable in possession, then Seri, Onoma and Carvalho. But if we're up against a team that sits deep and plays on the counter, then Reed, Chalaber and Carvalho. Um, LDN United Hatcher, at the moment, it has to be Reed, Seri and Carvalho. However, give Chalaber some more time in there and it could be any three of those four. Uh, Fox says Seri, Onoma and Carvalho. Uh, Alan, DN Cargill, Reed, Seri and Carvalho. Um, Matt Wiggins, we go from the pod, Seri, Reed and Carvalho. Although I, I'd question that because we haven't actually seen those three play together yet. Um, I don't think it'll be long before we do. If Harrison, Reed and, and Carvalho are fit, then potentially that could be could be the one going forward. Um, Neil Thomas, Reed, Seri and Wilson. Mm, I, I don't think Wilson plays in midfield so much, does he? He kind of plays as part of that. That front three. Then we've got Dougie Fresh, uh, who says uh, Reed, Tom Kearney, and John Michel Seri. Um, and James also says Carvalho, Kearney, and Reed. So, lads, come to you. What what would be your your favourite three? And it's interesting that some people are considering Tom Kearney, seeing that he's missed out for the last year. Yeah, I think I think it is between those four of Carvalho, Seri, Reed, and Chalaber at the moment. Interesting. I probably lean towards the Carvalho, Seri, and Reed approach, leaving out Chalaber just because I haven't seen as much of Chalaber as I'd like. Although on Wednesday against Birmingham, he looked he did look really, really imperious and really, really good. I mean, he's played several years at this sort of level, both in the Premier and the Championship with Watford, and he he's also played for England, which I didn't realise till the other day. Um, he's also he's also the second member of our current squad to have played for Napoli after. And Gisa, obviously. Um, but I, yeah, I can't look past Fabio in midfield. I think he's just, he's something completely different to anything else we have. Reed is just an unbelievable engine, and Seri is just, he's just a car above in quality in terms of pretty much any other midfielder in the league, I think. Um, sort of the caliber of player he is should see him get in the starting 11, just that alone. Um, but yeah, I'd be interested to see what. Chalibur can do over the coming weeks because I think he could force his way into the debate with a few good performances and it's a sad story for Tom Kearney I mean I still really like him I still think he can be a good player for us and he has been in the past but I just think the current selection we have the current crop of midfielders he's nowhere near good enough for me or fit enough yeah I was gonna say it's more the it's more the fit enough rather than Mm. good enough surely for uh for Tom Kearney it's getting to the point where I, I'm starting to doubt if we'll ever see him play again. Um, it seems like it's one of those injuries that keeps, you know, the the return date just gets further and further away and he might eventually, it might not work. He might make a short comeback and get injured again or something like that. Hopefully not. But yeah, there's no, not even any point considering him at the moment, is there? I don't think. Um, I, I would go with the same three, 
to be honest it, it's really it's not easy to pick between I mean Seri at the start of the season wouldn't have even been in contention would he but you can't leave him out the way he's played um he controls play uh from deep um and I think Carvalho's got to be there because just how he's how he's played this season and as you say he's he's direct he runs they other teams don't know how to defend against him and he's perfect in that in that number 10 role the best we've got um and between Reed and, and Chalaba, I'd, I'd I'd give it to Reed probably just because if we've got that player up ahead, number ten, doing the attacking, we we need someone with a bit more a bit more of an engine alongside Seri. Um, Seri can't. We've we've seen in the last two games he's he's got booked, you know, tracking back and and fouling the player because that's not really what he's there for. But if Reed is alongside him a bit deeper mopping up uh, perhaps that too would work really well um so that, that's why i'd go with there i think chalaba chalaba played well in a three but it didn't it didn't really work for him when um we had a, a number 10 in front of him so um i I'd, i need to see a bit more for him before i can say he's he gets in the team so seri reed and carvalho for me I think Seri, Onomer and Carvalho for me at the moment. I mean, you talk about fitness of Tom Kearney. You've got to talk about the fitness of Harrison Reed, haven't you? And, you know, he's, he can't seem to stay fit for, for more than a, a game or two at the moment. And Seri's passing capability, unbelievable. He set up that chance uh, where, where Mitro hit the bar yesterday with a with a superb through ball for, for Anthony Robinson, who, who squared yeah. it and Mitro hit the bar. Carvalho, you can't leave him out if he's fit. He's the first name on the team sheet. I've said it a few times on the show this season, but he's the heartbeat of the team. And I think Josh Onomer as well. I mean, he showed how good he was at championship level last time we were in the championship, particularly in the second half of that season when... He scored some important goals, but you know at Cardiff um, in the cup, um, and he got a couple of a couple of goals at the cottage during during lockdown as well when we weren't allowed to go. I just, I think he's he's pretty much the complete midfielder at this level, and it's very difficult to argue against him being in. But we we are so blessed in in midfield that we we do have that competition for places. So it's, so it's a good debate. Yeah, do you think it's it's a little bit unbalanced in that Seri's Seri's in there, guaranteed. If Cavalio's fit, he's in there, guaranteed. The other one is basically between three players, which yeah. is a bit weird. I'm not I'm not sure Onoma or Reed could fill in for that role that Seri's playing, and and certainly they can't play in the number ten role. So it's basically three players: Chalibur, Reed, and Onoma for that for that one position, which is a bit of a shame. Because um, for the two who miss out, because they're all, you know, they'd all probably start at most other teams in this league. Let's face it, um, it's it's a dilemma it's that that um, Silver hasn't quite nailed down yet. But um, I'm sure he'll get there. Yeah, it is weird. I would say there's probably teams in the Championship who have three, four midfielders, and that's it. We've got seven, eight, nine, even nine names that we could list that could start the game and all do a good job and a good job in several other teams as well. I'd say even like the likes of Kina. Haven't seen much of him, but by all accounts, his black ball performance wasn't very inspiring. Um, and then Tyrese Francois as well. He's very young and still got a lot of developing to do, but even he's an option. It's a case of finding that balance, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Rather than just playing your best players. Yeah. Some of our best players are going to have to miss out, which is which is, which is an unusual position to be in, especially in this league. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Let's move on then, boys. Uh, 65% possession against Reading. 
25 shots on goal, only five on target. But on another day, as we said earlier, this could and would have been an absolute pasting for Reading. In the first few minutes, Chabler put Bobby Reed in on goal and he, he's put it over the bar when he probably should have done better. Then Mitro took the ball off a Reading defender, caught him in possession, had a shot himself and put it wide. We just weren't clinical enough, Dylan, were we? That was our problem in this game. Yeah, I mean, I was following the game at work and I could just see the ticker going up for shots for shots on goal at 25 and then only a, a few of those on target. But it was, just seems like it was one of those days in front of goal. Obviously, Mitrovic had that chance, which hit the bar. Josh Onomar looked into another incredible save by their keeper, which is just... I didn't realise until I saw the highlights again today that that was at, when the score was 2-1. I mean, that's absolutely bonkers, that save, under that pressure. Mm. Uh, but yeah, it just seemed felt like one of those days where the ball wasn't going to go in the net for us. Um don't particularly want to talk about uh, their goal and the goalkeeping that was uh, played a part in their first first goal. It seemed like a bit of a whimsy dive from Gazaniga, but uh, yeah, it just it just seems like one of those days, one of those days in front of goal where the ball just won't go in for you. Oh, I think that's a bit harsh on Gazaniga for the first goal. Dom, yeah. Dom talk, talk me through that first goal, mate. I mean, there, there'll be criticism for Anthony Robinson, who was out of position, but that's the problem when yeah. you play with a, a, attacking fullbacks, as we, we found out with Joe Bryan yeah. a couple of years ago. Maybe he could have fouled him and taken a book in, and then that goal would never have happened. What, what did you make of it? But all, all things being said, Ovi Ajaria, cracking strike. Yeah, I mean, that's my main criticism, is that bring him down 45, 40, 45 yards from goal. It's a free kick. They probably don't score from it. Um, you've been caught upfield and they, they're, they're attacking on the break. You got there. He, he had his shirt and then he sort of let go. People around me were, were screaming, don't bring him down. And I was thinking the opposite. I was like, this is the exact sort of position where Stephanie Hansen, even Seri in the last couple of games, is just bringing him down. Um, one of their players, I can't remember who it was, did it to Ream um, in the first half when we were on the break. It's just one of those things you've got to do it. Um, maybe a bit of... I'm not quite sure why he didn't do it, didn't want to get booked or whatever, but bring him down, that's the first thing. Um, caught upfield, fair enough, but he's got the pace usually to get back. Um, and I thought we could have closed uh, closed Ajaria down a bit quicker. Um, Tossin and Adoy were kind of marking the same space, really. Um, and we didn't get to, I'd like to see someone put in a tackle. But yeah, you can't take anything away from the finish. <laughs> it's incredibly harsh to blame Gazaniga mm. for that. I've, I've been critical of him. Um, but what keeper's going to get anywhere near that? He's he's rifled into the top corner. Um, obviously, the keeper knows where he's going to put it. But but even if you know that, you, you, you've you got to be about eight foot tall to, to get anywhere near it. Um, great finish. Uh, no complaints, really. Yeah, there's no denying it was a it was a, like a, a top class finish. But the way the highlights were, it just looked like he'd fallen towards the ball a bit. But I mean, obviously, can't really blame him. So I'll, I'll take back my previous comment if it sounded a bit too critical. Um, Go for yeah. it, mate. Apologies, Paolo. I'll give you another chance. Um, I'm sure Paolo's listening. <laughs> you never know. You never know. Life is full of surprises and uh, unjust criticism, it seems. But yeah, um, yeah, nothing, nothing you could really do about that first goal. Um, second goal, don't know what Tosin could have done. He, I was thinking he could have got it away or just left it rather than trying to go for the ball and then see what happens if it drops down on the other side as the as the guy got enough time to sort of take a couple of touches and then shoot. It's just one you don't know, do you? If you if you if I hadn't gone for it, we'd we'd be sat here saying, why didn't he jump for the ball? 
Uh, it's just it's a double-edged sword, I think, if that's the I phrase. Blame, I, I absolutely blame Tosin for that second goal. I mean, first of all, I question whether or not the ball was out of play um, uh, during the build-up. Maybe it wasn't. Maybe he's just kept it in. But as soon as that ball goes up in the air, then Tosin's, what, six foot five? He deals with that. He should deal with that one way or another and get rid of it. Instead, he's let it drop over his shoulder. But then instinctive and superb again from Ajaria. He's taken it down with one foot turned and buried it into the into the bottom corner. Again, though, could Casaniga have done better with that as well? Any any fault that you'd um, apply, Dom? I don't think so. No, I don't think so. I mean, the fault for that, firstly, for me is as we've already covered, is Tim Ream. Um, really lazy pass, um, at which they again they they're able to break from. Um, nice pretty good football on the edge of the box a lovely little ball over the top but what I think what Tosin's done is he's he's gone towards where the pass went I've, I've watched it a couple of times and he's he's gone towards the ball and he's let Ajari get in behind him and after that he hasn't he just it's too far it's too far away for him to get to it he, he makes a lame attempt to win the header but um but yeah again it, it still needs quite a lot of work to to go in um again I don't I don't give blame Blame Gazaniga in any any way for that. Tim Ream, then mainly Tosin. It's a shame, but it's a shame to blame anyone. But uh, it it was avoidable, but still a very good. Mm, I, yeah, because on Wednesday, I think I think Tosin must have cleared about forty crosses yeah. all with his head. So it is it is just it is just what it just felt like one of those days, didn't it? I mean, I wasn't there, so I can't gauge the sort of gauge the feeling in the crowd, but. If, it just felt for me like it was just one of those days where it would not go in for us. Same as about yeah. like three quarters of the days last season. It 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 didn't feel the second goal didn't feel like it was over. Certainly didn't feel like it was over. I still thought we would get something out of it. But when it got to around 70, 75 minutes and we, we were still on the front foot, but it didn't look like it was going in. You're kind of at that point you're thinking, yeah, it's one of those days. Uh, and very nearly wasn't still in the end. But um but yeah, we can't we can't have too many of those. Um, but playing the way we do, I'm confident we won't have too many. So it's 2-0, 10 minutes after half-time. Marco Silva decides to bring on Rodrigo Muniz for Bobby Reid. Bobby Reid, who'd missed a couple of chances in the first half, one of which was a, a really good opportunity with his head from about six yards out, which he just put straight at the keeper. Um, but then Rodrigo Muniz did get us back into the game with five minutes left. Harry Wilson swung a deep cross in towards the back post. Mitro's headed it back across and Muniz has got his head in it and uh, and buried it. It's an, an instinctive finish from close range and great to see him off the mark. Plus, he had a decent all-round game too, Dom, didn't he? Yeah, he did. He had a really good game, I thought. For, as soon as he came on, he he was tracking back. He was winning. He was getting stuck in. And and up front, he was winning a lot of headers as well. And he, he could have scored before that. He had a half-decent header maybe eight, 10 yards out that he put over the bar. And against Birmingham, he he had, you know, two or three, two or four of them. But he, he's definitely that kind of striker, isn't he, where he's going he's gonna to bully defenders. Um, and probably a bit more, a bit quicker than Mitro, I thought. Um, up against, compared to Mitro, he's, he, looked, he looked sharp. Um, I thought he played really well. And I thought it probably, all things considered, he was our, he was our best player on the day. Um and yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing more of him because it's early days. He's got his goal. Silver obviously has got is a big fan, and he 
was a big part of the reason we brought him in, I think. Um, looking forward to it. It's good to have two strikers who look good for this league, for this level. Uh, and we can... I thought they played okay together as well. Like With the goal, as we saw with the goal that Mitro headed on to him for the assist, we could see that a bit more this season. Um, but potentially, potentially he's a kind of very similar type of player, so it might be one or the other. We've spoken about it already. After that goal, right at the end, Josh Onoma must have thought he'd equalise. I certainly thought he'd equalise. Um, but it was a it was a cracking save from from Southwood in in the Reading goal. But the piece of skill that Josh Onoma used to turn his man kind of reminded me a bit of the Simon Davis goal against Hamburg in the um, in the semi final of the Europa. And I, I can't believe I still can't believe he didn't finish it. I mean, it was it was point blank range, and the keepers just made him himself big. But oh, that that was a big chance, wasn't it, Dylan? It was, and you do wonder could he could he have done anything else with it? I'm not I'm not sure in the moment if he could have. It's, it's one of those when you're thinking, please just put it anywhere except straight down the middle of the goal because that's where the keeper's going to be. And the lass has gone straight straight at his legs. It's a good save to react in time. So is it not? Is it not? Is it not his arms? I thought he'd put his arms out and it's hit him. I, I might, well, it's, it's, it's whacked him. It's whacked him on his body. So um, I, thought, I thought he's done. He's put it past the keeper. I thought he's gone. He's actually beaten the keeper, but. It's kind of, it's almost gone, it's gone almost, behind yeah, him. And, it's sort of behind I, I him, but ah, it's, it's so, so frustrating. I mean. Yeah, it's, it was an incredible save on the highlights as well. It just looked like something, one of those ones that don't get made very often, especially at this level. Um, and obviously he's not their, he's not their first choice keeper because I think their first choice keeper broke his hand punching a whiteboard or something at training. Yeah. Um, so he'll be getting a few more games this season. No doubt about that. Um but yeah, I my, mean... my main <laughs> sorry, but I was gonna. My main thing with that keeper is that was an unbelievable save, and it was it went entirely against his performance for that whole yeah, game because it really did. He he dropped everything in the air. He got beaten in the air twice by Mitro, and the referee just sort of, as they do, he goes a free kick because you're shit at catching the ball. Ridiculous. And, and apart from that, if we get shots on target, we can beat this guy. And then he pulls that off right at the end. I don't know that that just proved it. It wasn't going to happen, was it? Didn't it? I think. And and, and his kicking was utterly dreadful as well. He stuffed yeah. a couple straight out of play. I thought that this keeper is absolute shite. And then he's pulled that one off at the end. It's, <laughs> it's so frustrating. It's bloody typical. You know, it's not your day. And as I read out earlier, the stats and in terms of shots on goal and and all that sort of stuff, you you just know it's not your day, don't you? When uh, when those stats are going against you, and and they were very similar actually to the ones against um, against Blackpool, although. Our chances this week were, were were better than the chances against Blackpool. But hey-ho, there we go. Two defeats. Two defeats in a week. What do you know? So let's let's do, we haven't done one yet, I don't think, this season, but let's do a Marco Silva rating and let's let's kind of make it for, for the season so far rather than just for this game. Um what what would you what would you give him, Dom, so far? Season so far. Uh, I I want to give an eight, but I feel that's a bit harsh. I think it's a nine. Let's go with a nine because I don't think, I think maybe he got it a bit wrong against Blackpool. Um, he got, I thought he got out coached a bit. Um, but against Reading, I think they did a good job of keeping Harry Wilson out of the game, who was who was our danger man without Fabio Carvalho. Not really a lot Silver could have done about that. I don't think anyone could really disagree with the lineup. The subs were attacking to try and get us back in the game. We created a lot of chances. 
um, as we have done most games this season. Blackpool was the only blip for me. The result against Reading was was shit, but Blackpool I think was our only bad performance. So I, I can't really give him lower than a than a nine. Um, we're we're second in the league, two points off the top. Early days, um, usually we start slow in this league. So he he's doing something right. The players look like they're enjoying themselves. The fans were definitely enjoying ourselves. It's been to watch. Mm. Even yesterday was good fun to watch. Looking back, it was a good yeah. game of football. Um, so yeah, I haven't got really much to complain about at all. Yeah, there's there's not a great deal to worry about so far. I would I wouldn't say you know we'll we'll win more than we lose, um, and I, I'd agree with you actually. The the only thing he's got wrong so far is the is the starting lineup against um, against Blackpool, where maybe Tim Ream and Anthony Robinson could have been rested, um, and maybe not given Keener his debut. But anyway, uh, Dylan, how about for you, mate? Well, given given that before the Middlesbrough game, we had about five players actually on the team. We were going to be playing topless and everyone hated each other. I would have snapped your arm <laughs> off for two points off top and in second place with where we are now. So I'll give him I'll give him another nine. I think you can't complain with the performances that we've been putting in. Blackpool's the only real sort of black mark against his name. Birmingham was just so so impressive our second our joint second biggest away win from home in 20 years and the first the biggest away win away from home obviously away from home uh came just a few weeks before that so really yeah. can't can't complain at all oh yeah i'll give him a nine the the only thing um i'm gonna watch out for is how we do when we, we we've now lost two games having gone behind first in both of them um I'm I th- I'm not don't think I'm wrong but I, I saw a stat that he only got 5 points from a possible 85 at Everton when they were when they lo- conceded first obviously it's none from 6 at the moment that that's a concern it's not it's not worrying yet but I'm I'm looking to see how how we can kind of I want to see us start winning if we if we go behind in a game um to feel fully comfortable I think because otherwise that that might become a bit of a concern it's only two games it doesn't matter yet yeah it was interesting because last season I think I saw a stat that said under Scott Parker we went on an incredible run of scoring first and then not losing but then ever since I saw that tweet we just we scored first in pretty much every game and it got utterly spanked week in week out (laughs) Um, that was the United game yeah yeah, it was the United game. They put it. They put it on the screen, and we're like, "Well, that's that then, isn't it?" <laughs> well, that's us done. <laughs> but yeah, hopefully it's not a reverse of that. And I'm sure, I'm sure it won't be. I think just the way we play can sometimes le- it will lead to us conceding goals. We just need to be confident that we can perform at the other end of the pitch to sort of rectify that damage. Interesting to see who's top of the championship at the moment, isn't it? Bournemouth undefeated under Super Scotty. Lots of I people can't, rolling can't their wait eyes for here. That honeymoon period to end. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's, it's an int- it's going to be. It makes it more interesting, doesn't it? The battle to to try and get up. The fact that he's in the mix as well. I'm, I'm quite enjoying it. Okay. Yeah, um, wait, wait for the fourth um, of December. Sheffield United have started winning as well, yeah, haven't they? So Slav they might have. Slav might make his way up the table as well, and that'll be really yeah. that'll be really fascinating if he does. It would. It would be good. Let, let's. Fuck West Brom off out of it, and let's have it between Fulham, Bournemouth, and, uh, and Sheffield United. That that'd be that'd be really good fun. Yeah, can you imagine if if Bournemouth go one 0 up in December? It'd be like a game of Tetris in their penalty box. We'll have eleven men <laughs> going forward, and we'll have twelve men on the goal line. 
Not 12, let's, man. Let's, let's hope they don't go 1 0 up then. Eh? Let's, let's hope we just do them 8 0 yeah. or something. I've got to stop making these predictions as well. 5 0 against Reading. I said 4 0 away at Bourne, um, uh, against Blackpool. I'm, I'm not predicting anything anymore. I've got to keep my mouth shut. I, I, said, I said 4 2, and I still feel confident. I still feel like that should, <laughs> that should have, that should have still, happened. Still feel like we might get those three goals. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right, let, let's draw a line under Reading then. We've got Leeds in the League Cup on Tuesday night, which I really can't be bothered with. This has come at a crap time. I hate the League Cup at the best of times anyway. It's just a waste of time. We'll stick our reserves out, I expect. It's the last thing we need when we're looking to bounce back in the league, lads, isn't it? Or, or are you looking forward to it, maybe? I'm, I'm not really sure how I feel about it, to be honest. I mean, it's a good, it's a good, it's a good chance to test ourselves against the Premier League side, though they might not be for much longer. <laughs> um, uh, but I, I, yeah, I think we'll it's just. Not what put it out is, though, is it? It's, it's... And they'll probably put out the reserve, it... so it'll be, it'll be, it'll be a game between two sets of kids. Um, not too bothered about the result. I don't think we need a cup run. I think we just need to focus on getting back into the Premier League. Hmm. And yeah, I've still never had a can of Carabao in my life, so don't know about the actual drink. <laughs> no, no, me neither. This is the thing. I mean, it's it's not even it's not even that we need the distraction at the moment. If we were getting thrashed in the in the league every week, and we just wanted a chance to just play a bit freely without any pressure, then fine. But it's going to be. Reserve team against Leeds. Leeds reserve team. Really, who cares? Just I, I expect there'll probably be five or six thousand people there. I'm just not. I, I hate to say it, but I'm just not interested in the League Cup. No, I, I feel the same. It's just it's like the international break, really, isn't it? Just not as long. I, I in the season, obviously, tournament football. Uh, International tournament football is a bit different, but the qualifiers for me just get in the way of the proper stuff, which is the season. Yeah. League Cup is very much the same. Even the FA Cup, to a certain extent, unless you get, if you start getting to like the you know the fifth round or whatever, you you, you probably start being interested in it. But we, <laughs> the target this season is to get top two, and it's mm. just in the way of that. I don't think managers will really learn much from playing a second eleven. Because they're they're not going to really play many games apart from that this season, are they? So, uh, yeah, it's just a waste of time, really. I'll watch it, but um, certainly, yeah. <laughs> certainly won't be going. Yeah, so it's a rip off Premier League when you think about it. everyone just runs around for ages and ages, and Man City wind up winning anyway. So it's all a bit pointless. Yeah, yeah, um, you're right. <laughs> you're right. Uh, yeah, I am you... going to the game with a couple of with a couple of guys who I work with, so I think the occasion will be good. The game, I'm not so sure about, but I think the day out will be good. Who do you see playing then? Do you see any of the first team rocking up? Because it was Birmingham in the last round and there were a few of the big hitters on the bench, weren't there? But So I expect to see Rodak, um, maybe Joe Bryan. I think Joe Bryan's posted on social media today that he's looking forward to Tuesday, so perhaps he'll be available again. Mawson and Hector, maybe Cyrus Christie mm. or maybe even, even Fossey at, at right back. I think um, Francois and Kina will be in midfield. Yeah. Uh, I don't know who else you'd put in there for balance. Maybe Chalabar. He could do with a few more minutes. Muniz, maybe. Yeah. I can't see Mitrovic starting. Um, so, Muniz got a knock, didn't he? I'm wondering if he... Uh, Silva said after the game he was he couldn't really run by the end of it because he got he got an injury. So I'd be surprised if he started. It's probably going to be Stansfield, I would I would guess. Oh, yeah. Stansfield is good. good but Cabano might start. 
Chuck yeah, Cavalera Kamara. in there because there's no point of him being him playing in the league, is there? Bobby uh, Reed, yeah, he's, he's one of those ones that would fill in anywhere, so he'd probably worm his way into the team sheet. Worm his way, worm weird expression, isn't it? <laughs> think I've think I've got my words mixed up a little bit. <laughs> and, I, I just, um, the the result, sorry, mate, the, the result for me is get through it without any bad injuries to key players. That's that's it. Get get through or get knocked out. Get through the game. Don't care. Yeah, don't care. <laughs> I really don't care if we go out or we go through. To be honest, no, no, I'm I'm exactly the same. You you always want to see your team win, but the longer this goes on, then it's only a matter of time before you end up playing Man City at the Etihad and end up conceding eight, <laughs> isn't it? So what's so what's the point? Um, exactly. well, and it's already 48 games. The, the league season, 48 games. You don't really want many more yeah. added onto it. Yeah. yeah, after what I said, after what I said about Gazaniga earlier in the show, I can't, I can't say we're going to go to Man City and concede eight. I think it would be a, a two-one job at best. I mean, he's, <laughs> he's, he's an excellent keeper. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear! All right, let's let's do a score prediction then. I, I think Leeds will beat us two-one. Let's say, mate. Do we get extra time in this one, or is it? Is well, I it... think it's just penalties. All right, let's go. Let's go two one in normal time. Then, although I wouldn't mind a penalty shoot, that, that that would add some some excitement or more excitement to the evening. I think I think one yeah. one and then probably three nil leads on penalties or something horrendous like that. We're good at penalties these days, though. Mitrovic has scored one out of one. One Actually, out of one. He scored one out of two, hasn't he? Actually, yeah. <laughs> yeah. He, he scored his. He scored his. He scored his last one. That's what I mean. He is at hundred percent of his last penalties. Yeah, hundred percent this season away from home. So we're playing at Craven Cottage, and he's uh, we're screwed. Shit. Yeah, it, I mean, I um, one. Let's go one nil Leeds. Just, I, I don't think it's going to be the normal free flowing stuff that we've seen. Just because there's going to be a lot of different players mm-hmm. trying to get used to get used to playing with each other. So you know, sod it. Leads, hope. Undoubtedly, Leeds will bring a load, a load of fans as well. All the all the Leeds fans from from London, so that might drive the attendance up a little bit. But, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, all right, lads, let's let's leave it there. Um, thank you for joining me, both of you, and thanks to you all for listening at home. We'll be back on Thursday morning, where J Mac will host a quick look back over the Leeds game and look ahead to a very important match at Bristol City next weekend. Have a great week and speak to you soon. Cheers. <laughs>